0: The friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear.
1: No other friend like him this morning. I'm going to ask you just to turn your Bibles. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, brother Dan. We're going to go to the book of Mark, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We started on this uh, a number of Sundays ago, and I've I've really still been in the message, perfect faith, and uh, this this stems out of that message. But I believe it's a season that has been there, but that I believe we're moving into in this age. So I want to just take that, and we'll maybe have a service or two on that yet, but just to take it as the way the Lord would lead it. Mark 11, verse 22, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. God bless his word. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads. We're going to have a word of prayer this morning. I know we all have needs, but let's just welcome him this morning, if we can, into your heart even now. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this moment, for the opportunity to turn back the pages of the bible this morning. We're thankful for the songs that were sung and for the anointing that is upon them. And Lord, we're thankful for the prayers that were made just as we came up here today. Lord, and it was in our hearts to be here. It wasn't just on the calendar, it wasn't just on our watch, but Lord, it was in our hearts and there was an expectation that came here this morning. And Father, by the expectation that we have and the burdens that we have, we just sang about the friend that we have in Jesus. Lord, we we want to invite you this morning. As your spirit, as your dove, the dove of the spirit is circling the land today and looking for a dwelling place, Lord, our hearts are open this morning. And we want to invite that dove to come into our midst today. Lord, I pray, not just here in this building, but wherever the believers are gathered, and even those that are listening into this service right now, and even will, we're asking you, Lord, that dove of the Holy Ghost, to gather us together in heavenly places. Thank you for everyone that's here, everyone that's represented. Lord, we pray that you will give us special blessing. Father, I can take notes, I can try to persuade But, Lord, it really comes by you, by the quickening of your spirit, by the revelation of God. And we pray that you'd visit everyone. You know where we're at. You know those that are yearning and hungering. You know those that are afar. But, Lord, we pray, may your Holy Spirit have his way. Thank you. Now we commit the word and the things that are to be said into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. May have your seats? We have taken a number of services on, as I said, on this perfect faith and this scripture, and we we started out by the entrance to perfect faith, and spoke on overcoming our human spirit, that is sometimes a hindrance, sometimes our makeup, our our uh, our. our Our intellect gets in the way, our reasoning gets in the way, our emotions get in the way of faith operating, and what we're learning to do is we're learning to lean. We're learning to relax, and we're allowing God to have His way. We we moved it into the channel of perfect faith in another service where we spoke on the way up is down, that it took forgiveness, and, and that's in verses 25 and 26 here in the same portion that you can't have faith without having forgiveness, without having the blood. And today I want to just take it into another place, a realm, the realm of faith if I can, the conditions whereby it can grow and it can prosper, and then I'd like to take it a little further, but I'm thankful for last Sunday and how the Lord led and how Brother Andrew took the service on Sunday morning, the maturing of a thought, because it it actually put together some pieces for me, and I thank God for his leadership. It's not the man that's standing behind the desk that's got it all in control, it's God that's got it all in control, and we're just vessels, and we're just yielded, and you know, if we can yield, uh, it's a wonderful thing. So this morning, I'd like to speak on the realm of faith, and I'd like to speak on perfected by love. And so, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, if you will. Paul is speaking to Galatians. They were called out by the grace of God, and and yet they had a great battle in the book of Galatians, and uh, they were living at a time between the law and grace, and it was grace that called them out, but they had a hard time separating from the law. And I would like to say we're we're living at a time where there we're also between times, we're between the ending of the church ages and the bride age that we're in. So God has a different way of dealing. And then we're also between the man anointing and the eagle anointing. The man anointing has ended. In fact, the first part of this message was under the man anointing. And the man anointing, the the prophet, it was a sign gift ministry. It was first pull, the sign in the hand. So they would look to the man and the sign in the hand. And then they would take even the discernment. And because it was a prophetic gift, it was not just the gifts according to the book of Corinthians. This was the sign of the Messiah. And this was It was a gift, but there was a tendency to draw on that man and such. But God had to take him off the scene to make way for the eagle anointing, which was not now going to be tied to a man, but it was going to be tied to the unfailing God who is in our midst even today. So we're not looking to a man this morning, even though God uses the office of man, but our pull... Our desire is on a higher level. And so, uh, I'm speaking, and I'm not even getting to the Scripture, but the Galatians were living in that time. So, here in Galatians chapter 5, Paul speaks to them, and he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen by grace. Now, we're all human beings, and and we all... You know, we are called out, we're thankful, we, we come out, We God picked us out of the muck and the mire, and it wasn't because of anything we did. It wasn't because of something that, that God saw in us, oh, you know, I, I like something about their physical appearance, or I like something they had. No, it was despite all of that, and it was predestination, and it was the choosing of God that is righteousness. So we come out and the nature is we get cleaned up, we get justified, we get sanctified, and, and, and we adopt. It's so easy to slip into a religious spirit. It's so easy to slip into something where now my righteousness is going to take care of me. Now, how well I keep this. No, it's still the grace of God that keeps us. And, 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 and if we're not careful, we take and adopt a position of righteousness, and we look down on others. And that's displeasing to God. That is not the way that God operates in a body. We can say a a tree is known by its fruits, and we can judge the fruits, but we can't judge what's behind it. We too were in sin one time. And we need to have grace one for the other. So here are these Galatians. They started... But they began entangled in this yoke. So now Paul says, you, 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 you're, if you're justified by law, you're fallen from grace. But he says, but we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. So lest you think, well, you know what? It's all grace, grace. But now he brings it into these few words but faith which worketh by love. Faith which worketh by love. Hold that in your heart. Go over with me to John chapter 4, verse 16. There's much, this is John, the one who was on the Isle of Patmos, the one who laid his head in the bosom of Jesus, who was in a vision on the Lord's day and saw all of these things and and he comes back in his gospel. And what does he preach on? My little children, let us love, for love is of God. Now, I'm going to use that as a bit of a springboard, but let's just take this to the age and the hour or the time we live in, verse 16. And we have known and believed that God hath, the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And I would like to say, even as Brother Brannan would say of the seventh seal, the seventh seal is resting time. You're not resting in your works. You're not resting because you're perfect. You're, You're resting because the perfect one is living in you. The perfect one is in communion with you and in fellowship with you. And there's bonds of love that have attached you. And, and whatever, you know, he does, it affects you. And whatever you do, it affects him. So Paul would no, no, John would say here, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world." There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. We're living in a world that's gripped by fear. That you know you, you my, I think my wife went out the other day and she went into the store in the mall and you know, just was thinking about what she was doing, walked into the store and she realized she didn't have a mask on. And it was almost like she committed a crime. Everybody's looking at it like. I, I I can't tell you how many times I've gone from my car, walked up to the door, and I oh the mask. Yeah, got a mask. So anyway, you know, but but that's the world that we're living. That's that's what it is. I I I know God is amorpha, He masks himself, but not these kind of masks. This is different. And I, I and I just would say, thank God for the day that we can leave those things behind. Amen. And I understand I, I, I can be up here preaching, and I don't have it, you don't have it. So Listen, I, I, I want to be respectful of that, and it's not comfortable for everybody to understand that. But he says, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, I, I, I want to just say this because this message of perfect faith And as Brother Branham spoke this, this is a man who had a faith ministry, right from the very outset. It had many great things and signs and wonders. And and yet, he went through all of that, and yet he was speaking of something to come. Now, I'm going to use this, and I, I used this before, but Brother Branham would say this and, and I, I, I want to speak this and this will lay the seeds for another one because God is always building. God is always moving. So therefore, we don't want to stagnate. We don't want to just get into a rut and say, well, you know, this is how we always did it. This is how we'll always do it. Well, we don't know. We want to be moved by the pillar of fire. We want to be sensitive to his leading. We want to... You know, and if he, you know, until he moves, then, then we will move too. And if he says no, and we'll, we'll just keep preaching, we'll keep holding services, we'll keep, but as God would move, I want to be ready to move with him. So brother Adam would say, now don't forget this, this is in Revelation chapter 4 series, don't forget this, God has promised great shakings and great mighty works. Now write this on your notes if you're writing What man calls mighty and great, God calls foolish. What man calls foolish, God calls great. And he says this, now don't forget that. See, don't forget that. It will help you along in the years to come. Because we're looking for something greater all the time. And we're receiving greater all the time. But the peoples of the world don't know it. You know, I, I, I am, I've been blessed by the brothers that have been ministering here. And I, I, I reflected on what God has done in the ministry and, and how He's using the gifts that He sent to the body. And I think we ought to appreciate them. And I, I would say that that's every gift that God sends. And they're all different. But, but I believe it's on a higher level than it's ever been before. And I, I believe it's coming greater. And not just the ministry, but our receiving of the word. Our rest in the word. Our, 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 what we take into our hearts is greater all the time. So he says we're receiving greater and the people of the world don't know it. Neither did they know it in all these other days. Now, I, I want to now just take this thought a little bit because... And, and I'm going to just take a few moments on the phrase, third pull, because it's a phrase that was used first by Brother Branham in 1956. And in 1956, he would, he would speak in a message, why are people so tossed about? And actually, it's not a phrase that has been ordained by people who follow the message, it's not a phrase that was ordained by Brother Branham. But it was a phrase that God gave to Brother Branham by an angel, by a vision. And the vision was the tent vision. And in this tent vision, Brother Branham would be having a prayer line. People would be lining up on a platform. And there was a little wooden building. And, you know, I, I need to just say this. Dreams, visions. Are many times symbolic and people look for them to fulfill literally and the tent vision has been aspects of the vision that people are looking for that little room and that little thing well be careful with that because the first part of the vision was catching fish like okay where are the fish the literal fish, the literal rainbow. Where, are, where is the, 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 sh, the thread and the shoe latch? Those were figurative. Does it suddenly turn to be literal? We have to recognize and let God interpret His Word. So He would say, there's this little building. I'll go into it. I saw the light leave me and go into that building. And this is where the first time this phrase is used. I'll meet you in there. That will be the third pull. Now that was not something Brother Branham conjured up. That was something God said. So there was three pulls that were there. Now I'm going to take you just quickly through a few quotations. 1956, he speaks that, the third pull. He goes on to say, and he says this in, in a message a few months later. It will not be a public show this time. And he says, and Brother Ram says, I don't understand about going into that closet like that. And then he said to me, the angel said to me, is it not written, when thou prayest, don't be like the hypocrites, heard before men, but enter into the secret place and pray to the Father who's in secret, and he that see- is in secret shall reward you openly. So he takes it back to the scripture. Now listen, that will help you because in 1962, when he sees the vision of the constellation, and it's a, and it was dreams and such, he says, if the if the scripture, if if the, if the vision was of God, it'll have to be interpreted by the scripture. The message is not separated from the Bible. There is an anointing in the land today where people try to make the, the, the message separate. The message dovetails with the Bible entirely. Friends, I, I, I would like to say go back and listen to the way of a true prophet. The way of a true prophet. God did not send the message to pastors. He did not send he did not interpret the message through pastors or evangelists, but God's order is a prophet, and that has never changed. And I have no problem submitting to that. And you should neither. I gotta be careful, I'll get off track here. He goes on now in 1962. Actually. I'm giving you every quote. He doesn't say anything from it. From 1956 till 1962. The word's third pull. Now, in present stage of my ministry. Now, I'm, I'm doing this to show the message is moving. And we need to be moving with it. Okay? So, when we're talking, well, just have faith in God, you know. You know, just have more faith. Pray fast. No. It's actually something God is bringing about. Uh, 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 faith only comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. And I would say, the revealed Word of God. And that's why it's so important to be in the tapes. It's so important. Well, you know, we don't call it tapes or MP3s. But I'll tell you what, there is a lot of voices in the land, but there's no voice. And, and whenever I'm, you know, you know, just, brother, brother when we call it frustrated I'll tell you what, nothing calms me as much. As going for a walk and putting on that message. Amen. There is something certain about it. Amen. Thank you, Brother Glenn. I believe that too. And he says now, he goes to 1962, and remember, everything God does, it's, this is not an order of man. We've left the man age behind. You know, we, we, the world has tried to recreate Azusa Street. The world has tried to recreate revivals. A God-sent revival is of God. But we also need to be a partner with that. A Revival doesn't come by just fasting and praying. But we set our hearts like Daniel as we see the Word being fulfilled. We're a partner with God. And if we're more sincere with God, so Lord, you promised it. You said you'll send it. You said you'll bring this faith. Therefore, Lord, I humble myself before you that you can work through this vessel. And our church, and I think we all need to say that, So he says, present stage of my ministry. He told me of the ministry of the first pull, catching the little bitty fish. Second one was a small fish, but on this third pull, he said, don't fail. Don't tell the people. I'm always trying to explain what I'm trying to do. I love the people so much, I just try to tell them. And remember, it was actually as he was, it was at this time, he was trying to Protect somebody with human feelings as he was out on a hunting trip. And that was when they were making fun of, of brother Brother Bud. And in the vision, this is where he had to kill uh, he had to kill a bear. And he went by human feelings. He says, I wanted to, didn't want to hurt that man. And I, but he missed the vision. Now God is not desiring for you to be void of human feelings, but to lay everything down so that faith can work. So sometimes, and Brother Brandon would say, no matter what's happening, no matter what's around you, there's a man that can turn on the light. Satan would try to get you upset. He will try to get you emotional. He'll try to get you to reason. But there's a realm that the bride walks in that is just like Jesus. Jesus was a mystic. He didn't pay attention to those that are around him, but he was focused on one voice. And I believe that's what we need to be focused on. So Brother Branham would say, He's saying, now, is this the sign of the end, sir? Now look at how this is building. He doesn't mention third pole, but now as he's coming to 1962, he said, there's a third pole coming. Don't try to explain it. I feel duty-bound to my church to say something. You draw your own conclusion. This will be the mystery that would open up That would bring Christ and would bring a power to the church. Now that's his words. Now he'll go right on in questions and answers in the seals. I'm sorry if uh, you can type this in. Just type in third pull in italics and you can follow these through at home if you wish. But he would talk about all the voices that are happening in the world, different things. And he says, now, he says, it's got to strike something before it will reveal. Now before God sends a message to the earth, He has to have a people there that will receive the message. There has to be a bride that was ordained. I believe I was ordained to hear this message. I believe the seed that's in me could receive nothing else but this message. And this message is the truth of the hour. I have no problem standing behind that. And He will say, it's got to strike something. now." Don't try and interpret nothing. If God wants you to know anything, he'll send it to you. Be real solid now. Something has happened. Listen to him. You understand what I mean. Don't try to make yourself odd to be a Christian. You take yourself away from God. If you can understand it, this is that third pull. And he says, you should have caught that the other day. Questions and answers on the seals. Remember, there will be no impersonation of it like the other two. There was something taking place in this room. There's in this room actually angels, voice of God. Now, I, I would like to say, we say these things and when we sometimes put them in the classification of message theories. These are not message theories. This is a reality that reflected not just in words on paper and a voice, but it actually reflected in another dimension. And I would say it's still going on. The voice is still going on. The receiving sets are still here. And there's a manifestation coming forth. And it's coming forth in me and in you. And I would say, it's not history. It's not a theory. It's a living, breathing God that's meeting us at this very hour. Now, he said there'll be no impersonation. Now he says in the seventh seal, Satan will try to impersonate. He's tried to do it. But there will be no mimics to this. There's no way for him to know it. It is the third pull. He just knows nothing about it. So whenever Satan tries to draw you into a debate, and tries to get somebody to go with you, you you don't have to worry about it. He knows nothing about it. And you can tell him, Satan, I know something that you don't know. I came from God and I'm coming back to God. There's something in my heart that declares it. There's something that I can do that you can't do. You can't humble yourself. I can humble myself. You can't love the truth like I love the truth. You can hold the truth, but you can't love the truth. And there's a difference on the two. You can hold the truth, as Paul would say, in unrighteousness. There's people that hold this message, and they'll take quotes to justify themselves. They'll take quotes to justify polygamy. They'll take quotes to justify anything they want. But I'll say this, to love God and to love the truth, it will bring you to where Paul was brought to. And Paul, he would address himself as an apostle, as called of God, but finally he comes to Paul, a prisoner. A prisoner of love. A prisoner Not bound by rules and regulations, but governed by love. No, no law but love. No creed but Christ. But the love of God flowing through us. So, Brother Bram says it's something they won't know. Now, I'm going to try and cut this short here. Lord willing, and, and he speaks it this way. He's actually speaking in the message, Why Christ Speak. If, if you have an opportunity in the next week or so, this is another part of where I want to go. But Brother Branham would say, what a lesson, because Mark 11 is what you say, what you speak. Now, I, there's, there's a whole bunch of aspects to third pull that people like to ma- major on. Well, it's speaking the word. It's to the eternal loss. These are all part of it. But I want to focus today on the groundwork of it, the seeds that are there, the realm that we have to walk in, and it starts with love. Before you ever speak it, it will come only through a pure heart. Remember, there will be no impersonation of this. If you hold iniquity in your heart, if you hold unforgiveness, I will just say you are not a candidate to speak the word. This will be so sovereign, so pure, so genuine. That's why we purge ourselves. That's why we check our attitude. If there's something in your heart, cleanse it. Because God will only, there's no impersonation of this. Okay? He would say, what a lesson. Why Christ speak? Look where we are at this stage of the journey. We are right now at the third pull, we're right at the door, He's at the coming of the Lord. Now, he says, don't cry, speak. And he would would actually go on and say, you know, different things about this. And he says, Lord, give me courage to take the sword of the word that he put in my hand and hold it and march forward to the third pull, that is my prayer. And then in Christ, the mystery of God revealed, he's singing a song, he's finished preaching the message. I mean, what a wonderful, 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 wonderful message that is. I, I, I believe there's aspects of that message. There's realms that we ought to just say, Lord, make it real to me. But he comes to the end of the song. He's singing a song at the end. And, and he comes, and all of a sudden he notices the Spirit picks up the song and takes it up another level. he says, oh, did you notice that? The Spirit picked it up. And then he looks at the clock, and he says, two o'clock. The end of the second pull. The third pull is at hand. Now this is something God is doing, friends. And I'm, I'm taking it. It started not from a saying around the message. This started because God said it. And, I, and, and Lord willing, I'm, I'm going to go into it. But God is continually becoming God. He's continually manifesting Himself. And that's something else. I, I want to just take... Uh, this out of the perfect faith, because again, he brings third pull. Now, this is coming into that third pull. We've waited for this. It's just starting to bloom. Now, I've done this for a purpose, and he says, we want to kind of raise faith to a bracket that it's never been before. Not a faith, but a perfect faith Watch a perfect God with a perfect heart keep his perfect promise by a perfect word, which is sharper, sharper than a two-edged sword and a discerner of the thoughts and intent. We're waiting, we're coming now to perfection because the people has got to come in this order for a rapture. That's what's holding it away right now, waiting for the church to come down to a perfect raptured faith. Now, this is where I'm really taking my springboard for the message today, and there's other aspects of this I'll take in a future service. Now, I also maybe will just drop this in very quickly, because Brother Branham would talk a little bit about the Gentile way, because, you know, we we often take and and, and remember and think about you know, well, I've got to have so-and-so lay hands on me, and I've got to do such-and-such, and, such, and, 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 and Brother Brandon would talk about these different things, but he said, that's not the Gentile way. It's a Jewish tradition. He says, American people get an idea in their head that somebody has to touch them or lay hands on them. You, if you ever got that, that's just a Jewish tradition. Now, I'm trying to get you to believe the Gentile way, which when Jairus said, come and lay hands on your, my little girl, and she will live. Now, the Roman would say, the Roman centurion would also say, I'm not worthy, he's a Gentile, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but you have authority, you just speak the word. He recognized the authority that Jesus had. You speak the word and my servant will live. Now, Brother Branham would refer to that as a higher level of faith than touching. And that's what we've been called to. We've not been called to first pull or second pull. That doesn't mean you you can't come up here and be prayed for. These things we will do if God permit. But we're moving to a higher level. And I believe we need to exercise that more and more. So the Gentile way is just to accept his word. I believe God can do plenty of things that are not in his word, and he would go on and say different things about it. Now, we're supposed to be on a higher level, and as we're living closer to the end. Now, I, I won't read more on this. There's so many places I can read. I just wanted to make that point. I want to speak for a moment, and this is where I'll tie into what Brother Andrew spoke here the other day. On free moral agency. Because we stand today in exactly the same place that Adam and Eve stood in the garden. We have a free will to do whatever we want. Nobody is forcing you to do anything, nobody is telling you, you've got to do this, you've got to do it, and least of all, God. God will give you the word, but it's up to us to believe it. It's up to us to receive it. And, and yet, you know, it's not that simple. Because, you know, God, God doesn't just just go and say, here's the word, believe it or, or, or don't believe it. But God actually compels us. God desires us. He woos us. He brings us in and He wants us to receive it. So, so when we talk about free moral agency... And I'm going to just take. And Brother Andrew had such a good PowerPoint last week, and he talked about the outer realm, which had five senses, the inner realm, which had five senses, and that's where the battle is, the the, the mind realm, you know, where Satan can take it and pervert that. But there also can be channels that are a reality. But inside of all of that, there are two senses. Uh, the very inside realm—it's faith or doubt, and faith uh, is 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 actually a force, something that comes in. Doubt is is something you let in, I let in, if, if we're not careful. But inside there's a free moral will, there's a self will that can be exercised. Are are you good with that this morning? You you know, true religion is is not. You know, okay, it's not the way the Germans put it. It's not a boot camp where you line up, you get all the troops in order, and they all stand, and Herr Kommandant, that's not it. That's not the way God runs it. Sorry to say that if you're German and that's the way you've been thinking. It's also not emotion and please come, please, please. No, that's not what it is. It's safe, it's sound, it's operating from a heart of faith. Now, Brother Branham would speak, and and in the greatest battle ever fought, he would say, there's only two kingdoms, two powers, God's power, Satan's powers. Satan's only power is to pervert the power of God. It's a perversion of God's power. That's the realms that that were shown on the PowerPoint. And he said, adultery is an act misused. So he said, we're sitting here today, one power or the other power is going to control us, so let's cast out the evil one. Now he would speak at home, he says, when you get home, there's these three rings, the body, there is the spirit, and there's the soul. The soul, and I, in, in this message he reverses the two. but after this he doesn't. The soul only has, and I'm talking about the inside of the inside only has one sense. Let's get it. There's only one avenue to it. It's free moral agency. You can accept doubt or you can accept faith, either one that you want to work at. Therefore, Satan began at the principal part to cause the spirit of man to doubt God's word. God began at the principal part to lay his word in the spirit, in that, in, that, in that soul. There you are. Now, this is to be a statement that is astounding. Because he says, right now this church, if we could be together, knitted together, where every person would be in one accord, not a shadow of doubt, anywhere... He said there would not be a feeble person in here in five minutes. Now, we try to take care of our sickness through medicine, through doctors, which is fine. God ordained that. We try to take care of it through faith and things. But if we can get the soul right, if we can get our choice from the inside right, it will automatically flow out through our spirit realm, throughout our body realm. So we want to come to that place. Now, he would he would say the battle begins in your mind. Your mind is controlled. He says that's that's the spirit realm, is controlled by the soul. The soul catches the word of God. That's what's got life. It brings life to you. Oh, brother, when life comes down that channel, then the word of God is manifest to you. I really like the one aspect that that uh was on the PowerPoint. If you looked at those three rings, the outside ring, the inside ring, and then the th- inside ring, until you're born again, there's not a really a desire for god there there might be a tug because there's a little seed there, but on that inside realm there there's not really. You know, you, you don't do it. And brother, Brandon, brother brother Andrew actually took it, and he took the lightning bolt, and he says, that's why prayer is so necessary. Amen. Now, you can say, uh, you know, I have good thoughts of God, I think of God, but it doesn't do you any good if you don't let it go out through these other realms. Because you need to speak it, the devil needs to see it, it needs to be a force. There needs to be an intake and there needs to be an outflow. That's why faith, prayer is so important. It's, uh, you know, you might say, oh Brother Ed, you're a minister, you, you must live in a place. No, I get just as many doubts and fears and frustrations. You know, I, I see Brother Branham get that way. But prayer, when you come down and you say to God, and you say, Lord, I, I, I There's these feelings, but Lord, I love you. I want to serve you. When you begin to speak it, something begins to happen. Your body begins to obey your confession. Now, if you remember, and I'll just use this example, Brother Branham was going to South Africa in 1965, and he was struggling to get over there, and he thought the ministerial association was against him. And it caused him great grief. And when he finally got over there, he found out it was just one man. Now Satan held that over even a prophet. And Satan holds fear over us. And he will make us revert automatically to the worst case scenario. And he will make you think, oh, you know... I just use the example. My wife, I'm not, wearing, I, 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 I'm not wearing a mask, or I've done this, or I've done that, or I, and automatically think the worst thing. But it isn't that. There's a, there's a thing that you can say, if I did it, I did it by accident. I didn't mean to do that. And, and, and you know what? Photo radars don't, don't give you anything to do with good intent, you know. I, I went through it, but I was listening to a tape. <laughs> they, don't, they don't, that doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. But God, it does matter to God. He sees the heart. He knows our heart. And I say that's why we need to express our heart to him in prayer. It's not good enough. Okay, I received the word. If there's no expression, oh my. I, I, I'm in this channel right now. I, I may as well stay. Ethan, just jump ahead to Romans chapter 10 for a minute, if you will. Romans chapter 10. Are, are you good this morning? I'm I'm taking my time, and I'm just wanting to say things. And wherever we get to, we'll get to, and we'll we'll continue. But I I feel like I need to lay this in a little bit here. Romans chapter (coughs) ten, if we can, verse eight. What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and thy heart, which is that is the word of faith which we preach. Now, I'll put myself for a moment, it's not just me speaking it, but I'll put myself down in the pew. The preacher preaches it, or Brother Branham says it, or wherever it comes through, it's the Word of God, or we read it. It's got to be received into the heart. Now, that's just the first condition. But it doesn't stop there. And he says, verse 9, but if you will confess with your mouth The Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now look at the next verse. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It doesn't do any good to say, well, God's in my heart, and keep your mouth zipped up. It doesn't do any good never to enter into a service. It doesn't no, no, do no good just to listen to tapes all day but never pray. It doesn't do no good to interreact. There needs to be an interreaction. There's a love relationship that's here. God did something for you. You express it back to him. He loved me because, I've, because he first loved me. I love him also. I'll, I'll borrow from Brother Harold who would, who would say about the example he used for many years here, about the man and the woman driving down the car, down the road in the car, and the woman says, you never tell me that you love me anymore. And he says, the husband answers, I, I don't know which nationality he was, he said, I told you I loved you the day we got married. And if that ever changes, I'll let you know. Wow. You know, yeah, God, I'm a believer, but have you told him lately? Have you talked to him lately? Have you told him about, there's no other friend like Jesus? And, and if you're a believer, the Bible would say, if any man love God, the same is known of them. If you were, and Brother Man would say, it, if you were put on trial as being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? So that tells me it's not just faith, and James would talk about faith and works have to be together. We're partners with God. Uh, I, I, I went into a little sidetrack there for a moment, but, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not disappointed that I said it. I, you know what? I'm going to just take it right out of the message because this is where I got it from. And Brother Branham would talk about it, and he would say this in, in perfect faith. And he would, would talk about it, and he, and, he, and he would say, just like a young couple... You take a young man and a young woman, they fall in love with one another, they go along and they begin to know one another, their hearts beat as one. They're not husband and wife, but their love binds them together. Now, now, you know what, if I don't know how many of you keep your, your marriage vows, your marriage contract out on the table because in case there's any trouble in the home, you point back to it. Wouldn't that be a nice home? Listen, woman, you signed here. Yes, man, you signed it too. Man, if if that is what a marriage is built on, then I'll tell you what, there's trouble. (laughs) But love binds us together. The contract is only the backup. And if if our serving God is just based on, I I did this right, you're, you're reverting back to what the Galatians did. It's love that reaches out to him. I didn't come here this morning because it's my duty or, or because, you know, I, I, I did, but I'm doing it because I love him and I want to serve him and I want to be here for him and I want to do everything I can for him. That's my heart for him. Wow, I'm, I'm getting into a pass I didn't even think I'd get into this morning. I love my wife so much. Know that I, I can actually trust her. And I say, honey, go into the store and buy anything you want. Oh, wow. How many would take that as an opportunity? But I know she loves me enough that she wouldn't go and buy just for herself. That's what Esther did. When the king saw Esther, the very fact that she was standing before him, That he allowed her to stand showed that she already had his favor. And he would say, whatever you ask, I will give you even the half of the kingdom. And it wasn't that, okay, you pack up your half and you go over there and I'll pack up my half. No, because the half was part of the whole. It was part of the same thing. She was going to be with him. We are going to be with him. I'll just say this you can have anything you want this morning if you're in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Because if you're in the Holy Ghost, faith will lead you to only ask for what that which pleases the Father. You're not going to say, yeah, give me a 747 and fly me to a South Seas Island as much as you'd want to and I would want to. No, that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm tired of, of all of the restrictions too. But nonetheless... So he would say he's saying they really love one another and if you know this girl loves you and she you love her you got confidence faith in one another if you don't have that you better not marry Well you know brother Ed I need somebody to do my laundry don't marry But but, but I need somebody to that a sister can say but I need somebody that will provide a wardrobe that will fit in my big closet don't marry no, don't do it. It's got to be built on something better than that. Amen. And your life and walk with God needs to be built on love. Amen. Friends, you got to be so in love with Him when you ask Him for something and He doesn't give it, it doesn't, well, if that's the kind of God you are, Meh, I'm not going to go home. No, you'll love Him anyhow. He is love. He's the essence of love. This is how Brother Branham would say it. Faith and love is relations because you can't have faith unless you got love because your faith is in God who is the very essence of love. Faith and love works together. Now let me go back to the... The three rings, the very inside ring. And and let me put it this way Adam was an expression of God. He was the son, the genetics were of God. And he was given a bride to reproduce himself. Now, that'll be another service, not going to do that today. But when Eve fell, She was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. If Adam was in it for himself, Adam would have said, God will give me another one. But that wasn't what he did because he was a reflection of God. And Adam could have said, if he was legalistic, you transgressed, you're in trouble, too bad. But that wasn't what he did. But something rose out of Adam at that moment. And at that moment when he saw Eve, quickly, by love for her, he took her to himself. And that was a reflection of the very God, his Father. And that was our Father, our God, who is love. Who wanted to express his love to us. That when we were in the muck and the mire of the world, and then he said, he reached down for us. Not because we were good, not because of that, but because of his great love. And Brother Ram says, now won't your love reach back to him? He's saying God came down in that muck where you were. He sought you out and he brought you out. That ought to create a perfect love. Look what you was. Look what you were. What did that? Somebody loved you. Can't you have faith in what he's promised you? Real, genuine love will create a confidence in his word. Oh, If you're tired of battling the devil, there's nothing as wonderful as going out, maybe for a walk, putting on a song, and then just, or in prayer, and to raise your hands. You might be in the middle of the deepest trial, and the devil thinks he's got you, but you're going, Lord, I love you anyhow. You're the one that I'm going to be in eternity with. My heart longs for you. It beats for you. And the devil's going, look at everything I did, and they still do that. Yeah. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Love will override a lot of things. Love will even cover a multitude of sins. Your love reaching out will change a situation. Your love will do something that that if you just did it by faith and and by, I I followed this. But sometimes love supersedes all of that. Love is not care for itself. Love does not look for its own. Love is there for God, for His purpose, for His kingdom. It was... uh, Phineas, the priest, if he would have followed the order of the day, and the order of the day was here was a uh, a priest or one of the elders of Israel taking a Moabitish woman into his tent, committing adultery openly. You know, if Phineas would have been in the order, well, you know, you know, Moses will take care of it, or or Aaron will take care of it, or so and so. No. Because he loved God, and because he loved the purpose that God had, there was something in him that rose and said, I can't stop to see this. I don't care what happens to me. We've got to protect God's word. And he took a spear, and it went through both of them. And when he did that, it so pleased God. He says, there's a man that loves me and loves my word. That's the way we got to love this message. It's not about saving our own skin. It's not about taking care of ourselves. But I've cast all my cares. I've cast everything on Him. I've left everything behind. My love is set upon Him. I'm not trying to dodge hell. I'm not trying to save my own skin. But I'm in love with Jesus and He's in love with me. And wherever that takes me, there it takes me. If you actually look in the Bible, and I mentioned Adam, but take now for a moment God, because Adam was an expression of God. God, you can read in the Bible where God purposes things. And God had a purpose, Brother Brandon would say, in saving you, saving me. Millions unsaved today, but He had a purpose you got a pr- place in God's economy. So God purposed something. But, and, and God can will something and ordain something. But what really moves God? Because the Bible would say, Paul would say, but when it pleased God. So this wasn't just, okay, I'm going to do this. But now it was something from the inner being of God that said, this is something I desire. And it's pleasing to me. Because that's what he did in Genesis chapter 1. He did it out of love. And he says, and he created such and such. And then at the end it says, and God saw that it was good. And it came all the way down to the sixth day and he created man. He says, and God saw that it was very good. So it was God's pleasure. And Paul relates that. He says, but when it pleased God to separate me from my mother's womb. So now Paul is recognizing, I'm not just here as the Pharisee of the Pharisees anymore. But I recognize there's a higher call here. It was the love of God that reached down to me. You can view this message as do's and don'ts. You can say, why was I born in this home? Why do these people, why why do they do all these things? But to me, it's nothing but the love of God to us. In this generation. It's the saving grace of God. And I say, when you can move out of the channel of do's and don'ts, when you can move into the channel, in, into where it's love that motivates you and moves you, I'll tell you what, there's perfect order. That's when everything flows, and that's when it it, it comes out the way it should come out. Now, in, 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 I, I won't refer to this, I'll, I'll refer to, but I won't, I won't have you turn to it, but in Hebrews 11, it would talk about Enoch, and Enoch, as it would be said, he says, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he says, because God translated him for, for his, before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So now, he said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, he is and that he's a rewarder of them. Now, the word please, actually, if you take it back into the Greek diglot, it means to excite. So, when God sees you acting by faith, not by, you know, uh, emotion or the human realm, but you just act by faith because you love Him, and you, and you do it, that excites God. That moves God. When you, when you turn your, your, your blind eye to the devil and what he's enticing you and calling you, no, Lord, I love you. I want to follow you. I'm, not, I'm putting aside all these other things. Listen, love does people, causes people to do crazy things. They will drive back and forth to Saskatchewan many times a month because of love. I don't know how that happens. It's beyond all reason. Haven't taken that trip for years, but now it's many times in one month. Just, just saying. Anyway, any rate, love will cause you to do different things. Love will cause you to, to do things that you can't explain you know, under the great tax case that Brother Branham was at, the attorneys questioned him, and then they said, here's a check you wrote to a, a, wo- a woman. Why'd you do that for? He says, the Bible says, let not your left hand know what your right hand's doing. I didn't think about it. He was operating in a channel of love. He didn't think about, okay, what will happen if this and this and this? No, he was just operating in a channel of love. And I would say, and, and Brother Branham would actually go into the message, and he would talk about it, how uh, what, what causes issues in a marriage is, that, is lack of love. It, it's not that the, the rules aren't there. It's not that she didn't fix you breakfast. It's not that it didn't, but it's lack of love. Okay. Are you, are you, all, are you all still with me here? <laughs> okay. My, oh, my, oh, my. How did I get down to these paths today? Okay. <laughs> Let, let, me, let me, while I'm there, I, I just may as well ca- carry on um, to, to what he says. This is actually in desperation. I believe the reason he says we don't have desperation. Now, this is the message that followed the token. So, is a lack of love. I think the love of God causes desperation. If, if you have faith, you can have faith and you can live in a realm of faith. That says, I'm saved, I'm good, and I'll make it through. But you can take that a higher level. Like the Roman or like the Philippian jailer. When, when, when he had a burden on his heart and, and there's Paul and Barnabas and there's an the earthquake. And, and he says, oh, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord and thou and thy house shall be saved. And Brother Branham takes it in the message, thy house is now the faith you had for yourself, you apply it to your family. And, and you, how do you do it? He says in the token, create an atmosphere. You know, create something that, that allows people to come into it. Okay? So he will say, if God is in you, the token is in you, and the, you see the conditions of the time and people waiting in sin, it'll throw you into desperation. And he jumps right to this. Galatians 5, 6. Faith worketh by love. Faith has got to have love first. Faith is love's incentive. That's what faith is. It's an incentive to love. If you don't have love, you can't have faith. I I can never say hardly say this without remembering Martin Luther, who was under the Augustinian order, and he was a monk and he was trying to serve God and he was trying to fulfill this desire of God and he would confess and he would repent and he would confess and he would repent and he he spent five, four hours in a confessional one day. And he tried everything to get this and the priest finally says, like, come on. He says, Luther, I think you hate God. He said, I do. Any God that will force you to do this and that's when he was given the Bible. And that's when he read Romans chapter 5. And he says, and it was like a light came into him. It, was li- it wasn't the rules and regulations of God that he was under, but it was under faith. And it was not under a God that was painted as this, this vindictive guy that was trying to get it. No, on, on everything, God is the essence of love. And he says, how can you have faith in your wife if you don't love her. Now, that's in the philio. What about the in agapo in love? Now, we sometimes view love as a static term. Yeah, I have love. But love needs to be expressed. It needs to be manifest. It doesn't just, well, I got it, you know, it's in my back pocket, I'll pull out when I want. No, it actually comes out of you. And he says, if you loved your wife, and you never tell her about it. And you never sat down and, and loved her and expressed it to her and kissed her and hugged her. The brothers are all quiet. <laughs> you don't believe this? Okay, we need to have another series on marriage again. I, I just can see it. It's Listen, you can raise your hand. You, you know, thank you. God bless you. <laughs> he says... You tell her she's the best cook in the country, all the things you know, how pretty she is, how much you love her. If you don't do it, she'll never know it. That's the way we do to God. If we love Him, we tell Him about it. Oh, friends, let's go back to Valentine's Day and shoot those little cupids around so that you all start to love again. Come on, we're not that far removed from that. Do you love the Lord this morning? Hallelujah! He's everything to me. We sit down. We adore Him. We worship Him. Love causes us to do that. What if something's got to be done for your wife? It throws you in desperation. What if she's got cancer or she's sick? It'll throw you in desperation. Because we have love, it pushes faith out. And faith acts on the battlefront. Love pushes faith out. Love takes a hold of faith and says, come on, let's go. Amen. Brother Branham would say, sometimes you have an ought against your brother and it seems like there's a little friction. And he says, and then the brother gets sick or something happens to him. And this is the way you check your love. He says, If there isn't a feeling for him, you need to have more love. Because you look back and say, Lord, that's my brother. Satan's done this and this. And you ought to have this feeling. You know what, friends? We need to work on conditioning love. We need to work on building a place for it. I I believe there's a desire that can be expressed just like it was in Adam. And that desire operates from the realm of love. Whatsoever you desire not, not, not just what your flesh desires, but operating from a realm where God has now conditioned you from the inside, from a soul realm. There's a desire. My heart is fixed on God. It's just God that I want. I don't want to do anything that would displease Him. So my desire is this for you, O oh Lord, or for me in serving you, O oh Lord. It's not separate. Anyway. Anyway. I, I, I Listen, there's a whole section here in perfect faith that deals with this. That's why I'm here today. And he's saying, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my words. Love dominates all. God is a God of love. That's who he is. Now, Brother Branham would actually go on and say about the very basis of who God is and, and, and what he was, and he would say this great attribute of love. He says, it came... Uh, It came from God, this great fountain, pure, unadulterated. Then it began to be perverted. It came down into human love or filio. Then it came into sexual love, and then it keeps perverting until it gets down to filth. But all of these things have a beginning. Now he says, You're in time, space, and the only thing that's eternal is something that never had a beginning or end. You're a part of God. The spirits that in you never had a beginning or an end. You're eternal with God. So you have this agapo love. But it comes down to filio and lust. It just keeps coming down. But Jesus came down from the highest form to the lowest form. From, 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 from life to death and to, from health to sickness. And he brings us back up with the same. Now he said, that's life. That's the eternal life. It keeps dropping down to us. So he says this, you're a free moral agent, but you're governed by love. Okay? Now you've got death and life before you. If I forced my wife to love me, I'd be afraid to marry her. Wow. If you forced my wife, so you better love me. I, I, if, if, that's what you, if, you, if you didn't see some sign coming back, I'd be afraid to marry her. She loved me and she accepted me that way. That's the way we've got to come to God. We've got to love Him. Gifts and callings, he said, uh, stimulates you. Faith is what heals you. And he says, you're a free moral agent. You've got a choice today. So where do you make the choice? Do you make it in your flesh? Well, you know, somebody said, raise my hand, so I raised my hand. But something caused you to raise your hand. You know, there, you might have feelings, you might get stimulated by something, but really it's down to your soul, you're a free moral agent. So in, in the breach, he's saying, you're set on the same ba- basis as Adam and Eve, you can have your own choice, they chose wisdom and it caused death. Now, let's just go to Ephesians chapter 2 for a moment. Ephesians chapter 2. Are you okay with this this morning? Even if you're not okay, this is what God put in my heart, and I believe it's good for us. Sometimes, you know, the tree of life is blooming, but it wants to, blue. It needs to bloom out in us a better way, and sometimes we stop it up. I believe you can condition yourself. You know, your body, your, you know, where even faith is in such a place that it actually creates an appetite. Because faith, the Holy Ghost, only feeds on the Word of God. And so there's something in you. If I look back at it today, I used to love this. I, I, I even think back 10 years ago, I used to be into sports more than I am now. But the more I died out to myself and my will, God gave me something greater that's more eternal. And I love God more. And I choose to do it. That doesn't mean it's wrong to go to a hockey game or to do something. It might be now because there's a, there's a law against it. But I, 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 my heart isn't in it the same way. So your body, you, you, you can get, put yourself in a place where you long for God more. Where, where you have a desire, where you cultivate an appetite for God. Now it's, I desire this for you, Lord. And he goes, that's the same strain that was in Adam. That's the same strain that's in me. I loved you. And you know what? We're becoming more like him. Ephesians chapter 2, we, we will read this from uh, verse, I had number 1, but it says, you has he quickened. But let's drop down to verse 4 if we can. We had our conversation in times past to the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of. So that's number three, I'm sorry. Desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. He has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now drop down to verse... Eight. For by grace are you saved through faith, that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So God, when we talk about perfect faith, it's not that we, we just have to fast or pray or try to work ourselves up to a level, but rather it's what we yield ourselves. It's, it's we depend on what He made us. He loved me. And I'm here for him. And it, and it lifts you up when you get into that channel. So it's not you climbing, well, I, you know, I've, I've got to go and do this. and you, you do, but you do these things out of love. You don't do it because, you know, I, I, I can do something about it. No, it's God doing it in you. So let's just drop over to Ephesians 4. And, you know, it would, would speak about Paul. Now in verse 1, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the lord paul who was in a roman jail who was in different places he knew what it was to be captured but he said i willingly i used to be able to do whatever i wanted but now i don't want what i want i want what god wants and you know and 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 sometimes we're so anxious to do what i want and i but you know what lord you have your way you have your will and and Lord, change my mind to fit your will. Not, Lord, me change your mind to fit my will. But, Lord, you have the ownership. You have the leading. You have the oversight. I'm here for you. I, I choose to be a sheep. I choose to allow you to work through me. That's a choice. That's a free moral agent. Paul said, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you work worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. With all lowliness and meekness and with long suffering, forbearing one another with love. Why 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 sometimes do is there friction? Because sometimes we're like a cactus, we got prick sticking out of us. Like because we had a lack of water in our being in our existence. But those same cactus that have have stickers that jump out at you. I I went walking through the desert one time and, you know, you look at those cactus. I forget there's one kind, they're kind of soft, but you just get close to them and all of a sudden they're sticking all over your clothes and everything and and they're not easy to get out. But I'll tell you what, all they'll need is a little bit more water. And all we sometimes need is a little bit more water, a little more love of God, a little bit more time with the Holy Ghost, a little more time in prayer, a little bit more feeling for one another. It goes a long ways in a home, in a church, in, in a job site. It goes a long ways. Man, I had somebody who just absolutely railed on me in, in a job situation. And I thought, man, I feel sorry for them. I, I understand why, why they're like that. And, uh, you know, th- there was a part of me that uh, it, it kind of did rise up. It was there. But then God came. And and, you know, it it came and all of a sudden, I go, yeah, I could get upset, I could get all emotional, I could get all engaged, but you know what? I get where they're coming from. You know what? You know, if that was me having to deal with myself, I'd probably feel like that too. Can you say that sometimes? No, sometimes we view ourselves as the center of the universe, but we got to put ourselves as God's the center, I'm an extension, let me look at myself objectively <laughs> Not easy to do sometimes. But he says, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, this is Paul, the same guy who went railing against Christians and doing all of these things. And now he's saying, hey, hey, just settle down, guys. Relax. We're all under pressure. <laughs> love one another. <laughs> There is one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope you're calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. He goes into talking about how the gifts that came down on the, on the apostles. But now he would, he would say this in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. That's what it's for. Not the destruction of the body. And it says, "...till we all come in the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of Man, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, not by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive." Verse 15. "...but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up to Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Do you want to see more of God? Brother Bannon would speak about the third pole. He says, the third pole is here, and the message, humble yourself. Let's humble ourselves if we really want to see it working amongst us. Amen. Amen. You know, the world is under pressure. I, 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 like I, I, I seem like one thing after the other was going, and I'm just driving home and my head's spinning, and then I looked and there was a full moon. And I go, oh, and there's a full moon on top of it. <laughs> People go stir crazy. They <laughs> say, oh, Lord, help us to have an equilibrium. Keep me in the love of God. Don't let me get riled up. Don't let me get this way. Let me, let me stay. Why? I want faith to work. I want my will to be lost in His will. Amen. Let's, let's just uh, wind our thoughts down this morning. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, if we can. Hebrews chapter 4. This is kind of an interesting thought. We, we often go to verse 12 about the Word of God is quick and powerful and 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 let's just start it with that. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, we can say we have faith, but we can mix it with an intent that is deceiving even ourselves. And But I believe God is causing us to be more transparent for Him. And I I even ask myself, now, why would I say that? Am I saying that to elevate myself, or am I saying that to help my brother? Or, I'll shut up so that I stay out of the picture and my brother is helped, or my sister, or this person is helped. Now, that's a character that God is is forming in us. So it says the Word is a discerner between the spirit realm and the soul realm. And it understands these things. It says, and it discerns not just the thoughts, Brother Andrew, as you were speaking, not just the thoughts, but the intents. So the first desire that we have, which may be such, but if our first desire is God remember Brother Branham was put to a test and he said there's a trap set for you and he comes to a meeting and he sees a couple that are for all intents and purposes making out in the middle of the church service and now this is the nature of Elijah this is a man who also was born under uh, an Irish nature and, 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 and wanted to kill people when he was younger but now that nature had so subsided till it was now God flowing through the man, no longer the Elijah who was a man of like passions, but now it was God flowing through him. And as he looked at them and, and he could, and it says, "Whatever you say." And he said, "I forgive you." And then he felt the presence of God come. That's what he wanted me to say. Now, before we ever speak any mountains out of existence, we need to get to that place. Now, I, I, I'll, I'll go one step further, and, and, and I am, as, as I, I take this, but the maniac that was down in, in Portland, and Brother Branham would say, this man is coming up, And now, as this man is coming up to charge him, fear gets in his heart. And as fear gets in his heart, all of a sudden, something comes over him. And he says, now, that man doesn't want to hurt me. Now, you would think under the prophetic anointing, I slay you! No, look at the realm God was working in. He says, why? He's just a man like I am. Now look at the place Brother Branham was dwelling in. And I would say, before the spoken word ever happened, look at the place that was there. Look at the realm. Before he ever spoke squirrels into existence, it was God that prompted him and said, what do you have need of? Now, if he would have been a golfer and he was out golfing, he might have said a hole in one. You've got it. Or if it would have been a sister, I believe that God knows where we're at. He knew Brother Branham was a hunter. He knew that that was a desire that he had of himself. Now God so loves us. Oh my, oh my! I, I, I just heard it the other day, and there's a woman that comes up in a prayer line, a little girl, and she had no eyeballs. And Brother Branham he asks her, he says, "Now he says, do you want to be healed?" he says, you have no eyeballs. What color would you like? (laughs) Well, I've heard blue is good. (laughs) Oh, God, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. If you can yield to him, he will do better for you than you can do for yourself. That's the trust. That's the love that we need to have for him. If you're, the God that gave Brother Branham squirrels, he can give you what you desire when you need it if you're in that realm. It was Hattie Wright who was in a realm, and look at where she was at. She was putting God first. She was ready to give money to the tabernacle. She was ready to give $50. and They they wouldn't allow it. That was a year's salary. (laughs) Who did God come to? This little woman who actually gave $20, and Brother Branham wanted to give it back, and he said, don't do it. Why? Because God had something greater for her. What was he going to do? He was going to say, what do you desire? I desire the salvation of my two boys. Oh, friends... I believe we're in that hour if we can condition our hearts, if we can condition our minds, and if we can dwell in that realm. Not where we're, where we're just, you know, I've I, 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 I got to get everything right. But no, Lord, I love you. I want to serve you. I want it to flow out from me. Lord, I want you to walk in me, talk in me. You know, think through me. This man comes up. Musicians, you can come. This man is coming up, and he says to Brother Branham, That poor man, that's got to be the devil making him do that. And he says, I thought, poor fella, he didn't want to do that. He surely wouldn't want to do it. And he said, I'm going to break every bone in your body. And he drew back his big fist to do so. And the strange thing, I was no more afraid of it than I am right now. And he says, love casts out fear, perfect love. Friends, that's where our differences hangs tonight. Because of love, lack of love. Not earthly love, denominational love, but uh, sexual love. But I mean divine loves that makes us brothers. Now he's talking about a channel that he's in. When that man started to hit me, I heard my own lips say, because you have challenged the Spirit of God, tonight you'll fall over my feet. Now it was a thought It was something that he had percolated in his own mind. He allowed himself to stay there. He dwelt in that love. I imagine before he ever came in prayer that night, he's saying, Lord, just keep me in the right channel that you can speak, that you can do things. That's the way we need to be. Lord, keep me. Don't let a negative thought, don't let a, a feeling, don't let things come. And if they do, purge them out by prayer. And you don't know what God can do he'll take your thought and now he'll take it into not a perverted channel but a correct channel and look at how he can use it and he says you'll fall over my feet and he drew back his fist to he, he said, I'll show you whose feet I'll fall over and then when he did that I said Satan leave the man his eyes bulged out his hands went up he turned around fell over my feet the police had to roll him off my feet he said what did it the love of God How many want more love? I need more love. We all need more love. There's fear in the land like never before. May God give us love. Let's stand together. Here is
0: love. Here is love, vast as the ocean. Loving kindness as the flood.